Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Thank you. Zai Masi, that is the word we use for greetings each other. Zai Masi means greetings uh, in uh, the Christians use as greetings. Hail Messiah. Messiah be glorified. Uh, I'm glad to be here with you. I'm here with my wife and my daughter as well. And I can see some of my about 27, 28 years ago. Since that time, I have met some of the, your people, Irish missionaries in Nepal, and I'm glad to, and humbled and honored to be in front of them here. And I thank God for this opportunity. With the greetings from myself, from my church, and from the country itself, I would like to begin what, uh, as we have just heard, that Nepal is one of the country with the high mountains, uh, we have just few slides to show you about Nepal. I come from the country where there, there are the highest mountains of this earth. And I think out of ten, we have seven or eight of them, all in Nepal. So you can see Everest, that's the highest mountain. Uh, we are not going to show you so many pictures, otherwise you will be diverted into the beauty of creation rather than the creators, something God is trying to bring out this evening. That's the first slide which we have, and it is obvious that it is high place because it's the highest mountain is in Nepal. And you have lots of British soldiers, but British Gorkhas. And there you can see one of our warrior. These fighters are from the hills of Nepal as well, and our people serve in your country as well. Fighting, warrior, taking risk is not an easy thing. And the scripture tells us that we are also in the battle. We risk our lives and we stand and fight, defend our holy faith. Jude tells us that it is the most holy faith that we have. And this faith we must develop on, prosper on, work on it. I guess it's a lifetime issue that we prosper, work on our faith and live according to the things God, God is revealing to us. We have got another slide. Though country is a very high and developed, uh, not developed, but well-known for its beauty, creation-wise. But it's sad to say it's one of the poorest countries in the world. Underprivileged, not enough basic needs there. And life is very hard, very hard for many people. Our country has gone through war for the last 10 years. It's called People's War. More than 10,000 people have lost their lives. And its consequences, people are still suffering. They have lost their own houses. Important persons would earn the bread and butter for them. And people are suffering. It is sad to say, but we go through this. And is God there? Is God doing something? I say yes. God is at work. And he's at work. At present, Nepal struggles for stable government. And for the coalition government doesn't seem to be working in our country. 
as I have requested you that please pray for integrity and wisdom so that the oppressed and those whom God loves will be redeemed. They will get more facilities and they would have at least what our nationals should have. God of the Bible is obviously at work and he is using ordinary people from different walks of life. It is a wonderful thing that people from different faiths, different castes, we have had caste system, we still have, and many people from different castes, different tribes have come to faith. In that area, there is still the, you know, touchable and untouchable, rich and poor, and presently there are problems like political parties are creating particular ethnic groups should have these rights, and other groups, minorities shouldn't have. So these are other troubles. There are lots of chaos, problems. But is God at work? When we are oppressed by these things, that's the question comes often in most people's mind. But truly, God is at work through using ordinary and those people who are in respective positions as well. They, have, they come to the Lord. They have the privilege to hear the gospel. And God has allowed many different means and ways so that they could hear. I have told you, that I have been telling you that I would like to share three things this evening. What is it like living it out in the high places? High places in the uh, geographically, physical term, and high places spiritually. I do not have major things to teach with you or share with you. But few things God has, uh, I believe, God has told me to share with you so that somebody here who is willing to listen to him or who have come with the desire, maybe God has something for me. And may you hear him. This is my prayer also. First thing, as I got this topic, as I was given, living in the high places, living it out in the high places, I couldn't think of any other things. Yes. We're in the high places uh, physically in Nepal. But I thought of the goats, G-O-A-T, goats. Once I had seen a documentary on BBC. It was very slopey, hilly area. Huge rocks were falling. It was a risky area too. But those heavy goats were so balanced. They were moving in that hardship as well. And they were big. But I thought of those gods. What are they doing? How do they survive? How, how can they be so healthy in such a sort of barren place? That I don't know. But one thing I knew, that they were very healthy. Their life was so balanced, they could move along through those rocky hills. And the other beauty is that they would see the last ray of sunset. And those very gods living in the high places would see the first ray of sunrise. It probably didn't matter to them what went on down in the valley, but they had their life up there. And I, as I was thinking of this, I, I was reminded of a scripture in the Revelation. There it says, come up higher to zone, and then I will show you things that will happen. And my request to God's beloved ones is that come up higher in thinking, come up higher in fellowship, Come up higher in understanding of the scripture. 
so that we may see what is God doing throughout this nation among the tribes. Among the tribes. And in God's uh, mastermind, God's plan, you may be one of the channel, a means to bring that beauty, what God has bestowed in you. Those, those were the things. But as I have said, three things. First thing I would like to focus on is, the, is God's promises and faithfulness. Concerning God's promises and faithfulness, Isaiah proclaims God's promise. And we have already heard that we are called to be a witness to the nations, to different places, uttermost parts of the world. Whoever you are, wherever you are, as much as you know of the Lord, or however you know of the Lord, that you would be willing, a saint, child of God, would be willing to give into for the cause of the gospel, for cause of glory of Christ. So in this scripture, in Isaiah 41, 17, and 18, we will see the need and cry of the people and what God says of himself that I'm going to read. Isaiah 41, 17, and 18. The afflicted and needy are seeking water, but there is none. And their tongue is parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them myself as the God of Israel. I will not forsake them. I will open rivers on the bare heights and springs in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land, fountains of water. This is the first point and first verse. I just want to remind the saints of the Lord that yes, people are crying. People are in desperate need, whether in the high places, or whether in the valley. With their efforts, with their practices, with their culture, traditions, their thirst won't be quenched. But God promises he will provide. In the barrenness, in the empty places, he will fulfill and bring success, bring abundant life. This is his promise, and I won't go into detail, but if you are sort of dry, barrenness, you probably think your life is, I haven't done much, I haven't been doing anything, I'm useless, I think, this is a verse that God would want to make it fruitful. I don't know in what way, but come up higher so that you can hear and see things of God. Regent Christ commands to go and tell the good news. That means the things you know of the Lord. He told his disciples, go and tell them. Make them disciples of all nations. Baptize and teach them to observe all that I have I, Christ, have commanded you that you have seen in me. So it's a relationship issue. And that's a promise and a command as well. Because the Lord has said, I'm with you until the end of the days, end of the earth. Now I would like to focus on another verse in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. And I would like to do what I do with my people when I teach. I like to give them something so they can take home. They don't need a bag to put it, but they can take it with them. Some things in the mind, some things with the hand. And let me read the verse first. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy 
and heed or obey the things which are written in it, for the time is near. For the time is near, but those are blessed. Those are, that are lucky, those who read, those who hear, and those who obey. Can we do something with our hands? I want to greet you again. Would you like to do that? And I would like just to give you on your hands something. Blessed, he who, blessed is he who reads the book. Who reads the book is the blessed one, is the lucky one. Who hears the word is the blessed one, is the lucky one. He who does, obeys the word, is the blessed one. Blessed is he who reads the word, who hears the word, and who does the words. And that God expects us all to do. Amen? If Christ is not ashamed of you and me, why should we be ashamed of him? He is not ashamed of me to call me a child of God, a servant of God, and you, so we should not be ashamed as well. Therefore, we read the word, we hear the word, and we obey the word. Uh, we are used to uh, usually teach, preach for an hour, but time has been a little limited. I would like to go a little faster. After sharing these promises or commands of the Lord, I have shared three verses with you from Isaiah, Matthew, and Revelation. You have something to take on your hands. When you see your hands, you can do that. And remember, be reminded of. I would like to share some personal story. I struggle very much in this matter because even through us, God has done several things and he takes the glory. And seeing that it is my story, I'm involved, I feel a little bit uneasy. Actually, it is his story. He has been doing it. And I would like to go with you and share with you a few things that God did in our lives. First of all, my early childhood. I was about nine years old and I used to wonder if there is God because we worshipped all these huge trees and big rocks. And we also worship the spirits. When the people come and they manifest in different ways, we worship them. We offered sacrifices, etc., etc., etc. And I used to question, how did these stars come into existence? The tree we have been worshiping grows old and it will wither and die. It must not be God. There must be someone who made everything. So that used to go in my mind since I was about nine years old. I saw a man one day in the school distributing some literature. And he was actually selling them for 10, 15 paisa, which is a very little money, but it was a lot by then. So I bought one with all my money. It had some moral quotes. I loved it. But later I saw another tract, literature, that said, Living God. Actually, that's what I was looking for. And I saw that literature, Living God. I looked at myself. I had no money at all, so I managed to steal that Living God. I took home. I read it. It contained the story of creation, laws of Moses, Christ and redemption, and eternal hope. That's what I was looking for. Nine years boy, you can imagine. And I thought, I have received everything I needed for life. And I was wanting to share with somebody. 
with somebody who knew much more, I went ahead and I told them, actually the gods we have been worshipping, we were doing wrong. If we are mistaken, we must serve this God of the Bible, I said. And that person said, you will go crazy now. Because you have defiled yourself by touching these scriptures. These are foreign to us. You must not touch this. You must not read this. Our gods will be angry and will curse you. And in fact, I went crazy. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been here. So that's how I heard of the gospel. And later, I got married. And you will see my daughter here. And uh, after two years of being married, my daughter was born. Lily is her name. She had an eye problem since her birth. We were struggling in life's many ways. I have already showed you some slide and life. We have gone through the difficult stages in life. But God was there and he knew us. But Lily, since her birth, had an eye problem. Tears were coming nonstop. We did ritual practices and we also consulted eye specialists. Lots of treatment didn't help at all. Weeks, months passed. Why me? Why is it my child? I was so worried, disappointed, and sad. Yes, I have read a little bit of gospel, but it didn't really help me. And we have done all other things we could do. In that sad moment, one evening I was sitting in my shop. We had a little business, touristic place. And a couple were standing in front of the store. They stood for quite a while looking at the beautiful mountains. I said to myself, I should go and tell them the name of the mountain so that they would enjoy more. They would appreciate it. With my daughter in my arms, she was about four months old. I went and I said, good evening. It's a beautiful creation. And they said, oh yes, it is very beautiful creation. And they looked in my arm and they said, what's wrong with your child? Your child is crying. I said, she is not crying and there is nothing wrong. I didn't want to share my problem. What would they do? What could they do? We have consulted doctors. And these people said, yes, your child is crying. We can sit here. They insisted. So I told them it is since her birth. Then they asked me, do you believe in God? This elderly couple. I said, I don't know if there is any God, but there must be one. Then they said, this God created everything, all these mountains, and he knows you and your problems. If you want, we will pray, because he is Jesus. Then I said, well, I would have done anything if my child's eye were, was going to get better. And they came in the very shop and they prayed. It was our first meeting. While praying, this woman was in tears. I couldn't understand that. You have just met for a few minutes and this person is praying for you, requesting for your benefit and she is in tears. I didn't understand that. But it was in the evening, of course, and we closed the shop, went to bed. Every morning, my, my wife or myself had to clean the right eye. Very next morning, my wife was about to clean and there was absolutely nothing. Both eyes looked perfect. I think we can also saw one slide. Slide number five, please. Yeah, that was Lily when she was about three, four months old. And that moment I realized the people who were in good relationship, who were in tears with communicating with their so-called divine unseen father, 
that father must have heard and granted this grace of us. That was the turning point. Since then, I started reading the scripture, began from Genesis, and when we came to the Gospels, I knew that I must follow this Christ. Without this Christ, I have no meaning in my life. And I decided to follow Christ and walk in his path since then. This is God's reward. And I will tell you another part of the secret. These people who prayed for, they were elderly couple, and they have invested their life for glory of Christ. Not only that, they have risked their life. They were smuggling Bibles in the East European countries. And the day they were praying, they did not know that God would grant healing, but it was their day of wedding anniversary. And later, when they came to know, they were so thankful to the Lord, and so are we, even today. So this is God's grace. I'm trying to say that through this story that God called me, but he also has a reward for you. Whatever you do as obedient person for Christ's sake, there is a reward for it. He's not ashamed of us, so let us not be ashamed of him wherever we are. Let us remain Christian everywhere, anywhere we go. I would like to move on to slide six. There is a story of, I'm going sharing this on our church issue. We went to see this man's house, actually to see his son, who, has, who was converted in Saudi Arabia as he was working. And he invited us to attend his house and just encourage, maybe the family would come in faith. We went there. This gentleman was, he's the father, he was right in the house, but he pretended that he didn't see us. And he just walked across the side after hearing some of our conversation across the road. And he started cursing in the most weird words that people can utter. It was very sad. I didn't want to stay there. I felt like I'm defiled through hearing these words. But we did talk a little and we prayed earnestly for God's favor and mercy in that household. And we left. Two months later, this very man came to our church. And he said, would you please forgive me? I have not understood what you were about, what you were talking about. Please forgive me. I am a foolish man. I felt ashamed. He's so elderly, old person, and we are young, but he's coming to us. Then we explained and directed him towards the Lord. What I'm trying to say is you, some of you, would be going to foreign land unknown places. But dear beloved ones, beloved of Christ, be faithful and do your part. He does the rest. Let us do our part and the rest, God does it. It's his business to convert people, open heart, and explain his deeper things. Amen? Many of you know this already, but I'm just reminding that what he is doing in the high places of Nepal. We serve in our church and Within two and a half years, I'm not giving a church report, but I'm just trying to, uh, you know, say that God is at work and we are with him. Within two and a half years' time, we have baptized over 50 people. God sends the people. As we remain faithful and do our part, he does his part. So this is a blessing. And God has also opened many people's heart. Otherwise, they won't really understand, grasp the beauty of uh, things that Christ is about to do. Yes, that's the story of two and a half years' time, but there are another 12 to 15 people ready to be baptized. So 
as you will be praying for Nepal, pray that we will be able to direct and lead people. So we will be able to help uh, the leaders and other people so that they can really remain faithful uh, for his glory. I have already mentioned before that we had some of Irish person from here, from Northern Ireland, have gone to Nepal. And I hope it will be fair and honoring uh, if I mention their name. About 27 years ago, Dr. Alan McElhenney was there. This is how I came to know him. He was serving Christ through doing some other things, helping in uh, academic field, Julie Fair and Rosie Slater, and many more, and through their contacts. So you are, in one sense, already spending your life in Nepal. And thank you for your prayers over the years. And God is answering. God is bringing people, and it's a rapid growth in Nepal. Is there something that you can do? Are you the person for Nepal? Pray about it. Read, hear, and obey if it is you, but only if it is you. Yes, we do a lot of things, and God does most of the things, but what is our role? Uh, Paul says we are co-workers with Christ, but it doesn't mean equal partnership. I would just like to give you one illustration. We used to live in a place, well, there are still many living in that situation, even this day. We used to, 10 houses, 10 families would used to share one water tap and one restroom. Similar case, one example, that I went to bring, fetch some water on a bucket, and my daughter, four years old, she was running behind me and she came. We brought the water inside the kitchen, and as we came with the bucket, my daughter said, Mom, Mama, I brought water. She was so happy. But actually, I brought it. She couldn't even lift the bucket. So it is like that in God's kingdom. He is here at work. He has his plan. He has his ways. And he gladly joins us, person like you and me. Amen? So that's the beauty. And we are thankful for the Lord, what he is doing. Yes, in the church. Church is to be presented perfect. We are in the church and we are to work for his glory. And Colossians 1, 29 says, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we may present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me, Paul says. So this is our desire. The divine power mightily working within you to bring those in contact with you, those in relationship with you, to bring perfect before Christ. It's a wonderful gift for Christ's sake, for his glory. And that's what all the saints are called to do. Yes, we don't have much knowledge and we don't understand many things. But God is at work and we follow him and we do it. I would like to share one little example. One man from one of the villages who is one of my friends, he came uh, to church. He had seen, he, of course, he accepted the Lord and he was growing slowly. And then this man was going to the village. He had, of course, seen many people being sick and he had prayed. He had heard them pray. And then he went to the village. And somebody came. He said, you have taken this powerful God's religion. You have become Christian. Your God has created everything, people say. My buffalo is sick. Can you pray for him? So, there he goes. 
he says, Father, God, I thank you for uh, in Pokhara when I was there, other people had prayed for your daughter to be healed, and that daughter was healed, and your son was healed, and I pray for your daughter, this buffalo, to be healed. And God healed. And the buffalo was perfectly fine. He didn't even know whether buffaloes are God's daughters or not. You see, so God is at work. Yes, we may make mistakes sometimes. We may not understand everything, but God is at work, and we follow. He takes the glory. And the other point on this, I've said I would share three things. I've shared about God's promise, three verses, and I've also shared some things about personal history, what he is doing in our church through us, and what he is doing in country of Nepal. That's in whole country, in every way, that God is being faithful. As, we, as people come to him, he is really releasing, bringing freedom, bringing deliverance. And now I want to go to another point. Yes, Satan, the enemy, is at work as well. He has blinded people. As people come to faith, they are afraid that their gods would curse them. So they can only secretly uh, say that they are Christians for some of them. So we need proper teaching, and we are to move on it. There are lots of, again, I have already said before that inferiority and superiority complex. People are talking about these things politically and through other religious groups. There are some sort of division outside and inside. So church has to struggle and work on unity. So devil's scheme is the trying to divide everything what God, has, God is trying to put together. Also, we need to be careful about false teachings concerning salvation and God of the Bible. The last bit I would like to read is the Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 11, which is lavish welcome. In NIV, it says, rich welcome to the kingdom of God. For every one of us, we really like to have a great welcome wherever we go. We, want to have, we know that it is a, whether it's a stingy welcome or a great welcome, lavish welcome. We all know that. In kingdom of God, God wants us to have a lavish, rich welcome. And for that, what do we need to do? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 11 says that we will not stumble if we know these things. That if we make sure of our calling, we will not stumble. And we will have a rich welcome into kingdom of God. The, this verse you may read. Now I'm coming uh, to the conclusion. And I would like to request some of you, those of you who have heard now about Nepal, what God is doing, that he can use any of you. If he can use me, he can use you too for his glory. If you want to just make a sort of, I won't say a covenant or anything, but just make sure that things you have heard, read and heard, and make it to obey, to practice. Just make sort of a decision in your heart that in the future, if it's Nepal or somewhere else, with his presence, you may go for his glory. God promised and he keeps his promises. He is not ashamed of us, so why should we be ashamed of him? Into the wilderness of our lives and the world situation, he will bring water and fruitfulness. He commands us to work for the sake of the gospel and glory of his own name, his only saving name. Therefore, we are called to read the word of the prophecy, to hear the word of the prophecy, and obey the word of the prophecy. Can we pray?
Father God, we all would like to have a rich welcome into your eternal kingdom. And we pray that may we know our proper calling and that we would not stumble but stand for you. Yes, we may have to pay the price, but there is the reward and the crown for us. Help us to see that. Help us, Lord, to come up higher and see the things you have planned and prepared for each one of us. All for your glory. Amen. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.